Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Anthony with the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another, a long time coming, another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are a Carmelo Stanthony podcast, but occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, it has been fucking forever since we have last talked, you and I, since we've talked basketball, since we've had sports. How are you doing? How has life been for you since we've all gone into quarantine? How do you, what's up, Pete? Um, yeah, has anything happened since last we spoke? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, what, what, what could have happened? I'll be honest. Uh, I haven't really thought about sports at all over outside of the Michael Jordan doc. Um, yeah, really, which was incredible. Yeah, yeah, that was it was nice that they released that early. But, um, you know, I'm healthy. Everything's uh, been OK so far. How about you guys in Michigan? We've been good. Um, yeah, nothing really. I mean, so since, you know, since Ann Arbor is all built around the University of Michigan, when things were first shut down because of COVID, a bunch of students left. So Ann Arbor, I don't feel like has been that we haven't really been that impacted by by COVID. Obviously, we've all been shelter in place for, you know, up until recently, like the last couple of days and and you know, all of your basic kind of COVID things have happened, but it certainly hasn't been like Detroit, which has been a hot spot. Mm. And, uh, and then of course, and now recently with protests for the, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and for George Floyd, that hasn't, we haven't been really impacted by that either, which has been a little bit of a, I mean, like I sitting in my house, like want to feel like I'm contributing. And so I've been, donating and and kind of doing what i can from the from my desk but would love to be able to like get out there and and kind of be a part of the movement but that hasn't really nothing's presented itself around here quite yet i'm in brooklyn and uh lots of opportunities have been yeah, here things things have been going new york is, has been uh has been a hotbed for everything uh, since since the uh since quarantine yeah, and I believe the U.S. is still, you know, tops, if you want to call it that, in confirmed cases and deaths. And obviously New York was the biggest of the big hotspots. Um, but the marches have been a passionate and magical moment for the city, and people felt like they regained some um, of their agency, and uh, we're going to keep it going here. The, the marches are not over, and I hope everybody everywhere keeps going. I know that it's dangerous, and it's everybody's decision whether you go out or not. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to support, even if you don't go out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's stay safe, ultimately, is everyone's goal. And I think that it's, it's, a, it's 
extra it, it makes the whole movement and all of these protests feel like all the more impactful and important when you when they're set against the backdrop of the fact that we're in the midst of this pandemic that no one knows how to handle it you know this is and so the fact that people are putting their putting their health at the at on the line and their safety since you know these protests tend to let's say the police aren't handling it as well as they should in most places um but putting putting your health on the line to to get this message across is something that i certainly admire uh and it's and it's worth it obviously and even if the cops weren't being less than admirable <laughs> um, and outright criminals in certain situations, uh, it would still be risking their lives for yeah. people going out and marching. And they know that better than anybody. Uh, yeah. When I've been out, almost every single person that's been in the marches has had a mask on and has been, you know, not berating, but basically pleading with the police officers who aren't wearing masks for the most part to just put them on. Um, so no matter who you are, wear your masks, try to be socially aware and keep your distance. Uh, but you know, this is, this moment is worth putting your life on the line for. And that comes down to every single person, but, um, you know, the coronavirus wasn't really the only pandemic afflicting this country. And I think people are much more aware of the other one right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and it seems like there have been steps taken and measures taken to address some of these things, but uh, you can't erase 400 years of violent, murderous oppression with a couple of bills in June, especially when you know that this is just the start. You know, this right. can't, there have to be a lot of things that occur going past this. So everybody, there's a New York election coming up everybody should vote if you've marched you should vote if you've supported the marches you should vote everybody should try to get as much of the people power representatives in as they possibly can because that will be the best way to really affect change yeah and we're and it's great to see i mean one of the things that one of the biggest things that i've taken away from this has been seeing how impactful these protests and marches across the U S and across the world have been, I mean, Minneapolis has gone on record and saying basically that they're going to be working on defunding the police there, which is huge. Like that's, that's such a, such an incredible transition from where you would think that, you know, the results that you're used to getting from a protest where it's like, well, we're going to, you know, invest in training or invest in, you know, resource you know resources for the police so that this doesn't happen but but coming to this such a such a drastic change feels it feels like this is a breaking point in this country and it feels like it's a time where this agenda is going to finally be heard and finally make a difference and and hopefully we can start taking steps to to you know racial equality and racial equity which is you know something that everyone should have it's the that should be what the fundamental bedrock of this country is not what you know not the uh racial oppression that has been you know around for 400 years sure the people that are marching are the real patriots are american nobility they are they are risking their lives with or without the police for their rights and their freedoms and our ideals and they're marching for everybody 
And this is the entire paradigm has to be changed. This isn't just right. a few simple, quick fixes. Um, and the defunding the police thing is sort of phrased improperly, I think. I mean, there was a town in New Jersey that quote unquote defunded their police department uh, a couple of years ago. And what they really did was just reform with you know, new guidelines, new rules, new responsibilities, and a new way to do things. And crime plummeted. And they've done very well since then. Yeah. Uh, so what? So defunding the police doesn't mean uh, eliminating the, right. the law. It's, it's not. Or I know that's like everyone. That's means everyone. We're going to change. Right. Exactly. That's that's the you know the Republican. They love the response of like, well, how are you going to you know everything's going to go to shit if there's no cops. And it's like, no, it's it's not the fact that you're just taking police, like removing law and order. You're, it's what it is, is. It's a redistribution of how the funding is going to be used and investing in communities and investing in social work and investing in these things so that it's not like this. The police aren't this like militarized unit that basically comes in and often aggress you know agitates the situation more so than helps um and so it's about like investing into communities and taking that money and putting it in other resources to help better kind of the general uh life yeah this has been a real portrait of dorian gray moment for the country they everyone now realizes that um our face is not as beautiful as we thought that it was. And our sins have absolutely caught up with us and they've been there the whole time. And people have been suffering from this the entire time. And it, I, I don't even know if it's a breaking point more than like we've cleaned the mirror and we can mm. see ourselves more clearly. And the reflection is upsetting and very sad. Um, but everybody has shown who's been out in the streets and who has been working for reform this entire time knows that we can get better. Yeah. So people wouldn't be marching if they didn't believe that tomorrow can be a better day. And they're putting their lives on the line to do that. So yeah. they should be admired. Yeah. And I think one of the things that has been huge to come out of all of this is, is this is called a, a phenomenal transition, um, is just how vocal athletes I mean, since we're a basketball podcast, we'll talk about specifically NBA players. Like it's, I love seeing players, people with large platforms utilizing it for spreading this message. And we've seen, obviously we've seen that throughout the NBA uh, and the NBA as a whole as really helping to spread this message and, uh, and being on the forefront of kind of like putting these, putting these uh, ideas into focus. Yeah, when the history books are written about this time, uh, there are going to be more than a few, I think, that uh, have a lens that use the NBA as a lens because this NBA season started with NBA players being put in the position of having to speak about the Hong Kong protests in China. I know that seems like a thousand years ago, but that's how Doesn't this- Doesn't it? Good God, man. Yeah, and Daryl Morey's sending out a tweet and- um, uh, in support of the protesters and getting a big backlash for that. And how funny does that seem now? Right. Um, and now the NBA season is going to start up again during a pandemic that is really, really terrible for people of color and in certain geographical areas in this country. 
And while these protests and marches are going on, which has to do with the other pandemic of racism that's been afflicting the black community in this country and all people of color in this country for 400 years, and now the majority black sports league is being asked to open basically, you know, quote unquote, regularly before anybody else. And no one knows about all of the dangers of this more than the NBA players. Like, if you'll, this isn't something new for them. If you'll recall several years ago, Tabo Cephalosha, who was on the Atlanta Hawks at the time, they were in New York and an NYPD broke his leg or broke his arm. I forget which one it was, but it, it was, was basically, yeah. it was his leg. And it was because, you know, a cop saw a black guy. Um, so this isn't anything new. Uh, I, I mean, you can even go back to Cleveland Summit. So it is interesting that the NBA players were put in that situation in China several months ago, and now they're being put into another situation here. Um, and it's, I mean, we haven't really heard from Adam Silver. He's, but a lot of the players have been speaking out, obviously, and all of them are in support. But I, it's, I, I mean, they're being asked to take an enormous risk by opening the season back up again. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see how all these athletes think about that. And I assume some of them will say no. Um, I think all of them are going to feel pressure to reopen, but even that, I mean, that's totally unfair. Why should they? It's, I mean, let's, let's be honest. It's absolutely dangerous. Uh, I think all players are supposed to report on June 21st, which is, less than two weeks away. And there are second waves occurring of the Rona all over the place. Things are probably going to get worse again. Um, and then, you know, the country's asking the majority black league to like go back out and risk their lives. So how they handle this moment will be very interesting. And their platform, it does seem like the NBA players are better at using their social media and platforms Definitely. than the others. But, you know, at the same time, I don't, maybe it's just because like there's so much, there's the rosters are like, we're more, there's seems to be like a more intimate connection with NBA players. Like they're not wearing helmets and you see them playing all the time. And the rosters and it's smaller are rosters smaller. too. So, right. Yeah. So you, you know, you know, it's 15 players. So on your favorite team, you know, most all 15, you know, you know, know their names, you can rattle them off. And then since that is like, you can, you, you have a list in your head as a fan of base, most of the, you know, of the NBA, whereas for the NFL or for baseball, like, you know, you have to have, you have to have a way too much free information rattling around in your head in order to like rattle off, you know, 300 NFL players or, you know, whatever. Right. Meanwhile, in basketball, you can watch Giannis take like two and a half steps from half court and dunk the basketball. <laughs> and he was out in the protests. He made a great speech. Yeah. God bless him. He's amazing. And that's the other thing. The NBA is just filled with cool ass dudes, man. It like, really there's is. There's so many like, cool, just people cool who you people. want to root for. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah, we were, I, before the season started, we were talking about, like, who's going to be pissed this year? And that <laughs> clearly <laughs> didn't really happen. And now this, the rest of the season is, I mean, emotions are going to, it's going to be a hurricane of emotions. Yeah, also, they're be... opening in Orlando during hurricane season. <laughs> right. Like, so I'm kind of skeptical. Real, this is, real hurricanes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I remain skeptical that this is even actually going to happen. 
Yeah, so let's let it, let's do talk about kind of what the NBA's plan is because as you mentioned, like there is a plan in place here for basketball to start July 31st uh and then they're going to have I think it's each team is going to play like eight games to refigure out seating and then there will be the playoffs and then ultimately they're hoping the finals finishes in October. Uh and so it's it's going to which is I like if you take out the pandemic here, I am a hundred percent here for the NBA playoffs to be during the summer. Like that, if they can restructure the season and push it back so that it, the season starts in like January and then you have the playoffs going from June to August, September, like that seems ideal to me because then as an NBA, as a basketball fan and as a sports, like the NBA is not competing with any other real sport. I mean, you have the MLB starting off, but, outside of opening week for the MLB, like no one's going to pay attention to how baseball teams start because there's a hundred and whatever, 62 games. And so, you know, you watch and you're like, wow, this is great. I've watched a couple of baseball games and then you're like, okay, now I'm bored. Like I'll tune back in when we start getting kind of a sense of where teams are in terms of the playoffs. And so I think playoff basketball through the summer is a great idea. So I'm hoping that this kind of, maybe this will push the season ultimately backwards. Uh, but so what they're doing is they've invited it's 22 teams. So they've mm-hmm. kind of helped control the number of people there. It's not all 30 teams. It's going to be the 16 teams that have locked up a playoff berth. Um, so in the East, you have the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Sixers, Nets, and Magic. And then on the West, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavs, and Grizzlies. And then teams within six games of a playoff spot, uh, for the West, you have the Pelicans, Trailblazers, Suns, Kings, Spurs, which is great. That means we still have hope for our Pelicans to make it into yeah. the playoffs. I mean, uh, sort of. <laughs> and then, and then the East just has the Wizards because the East is. And who else? Who who else it. is in? Oh, really? Everyone is else it? is complete garbage. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, the, the it's so funny, trash. dude. Like Charlotte has one fewer win than the Wizards, but <laughs> but like, but they get the axe because they they suck. Oh man, and you know. Okay, so there's a lot of things wrong with this, but I do agree that if it wasn't dangerous, I would absolutely love this because right. it would be weird and like you don't have to watch the garbage and you get sort you get rid of the tanking teams. Although with this format, there is still incentive for a few of the teams to tank. Um, but yeah, like if you could go back to November and December and people actually took the Rona seriously, then maybe that could actually be what is about to happen. But um, there's like it's not even that games are going to start July 31st. It's that they're going to have training camps before that. Like players are supposed to report to teams in two yeah. weeks and then everyone's supposed to travel to Orlando on July 7th, I believe. Like that's the tentative date, which is like uh, okay I mean, so in a month like everyone's going to get on a plane and hopefully yeah. yeah exactly right and then the uh they're calling the the eight like regular season games that these 22 teams are going to play the seeding games like it's sort of bs because almost none of the teams are going to really fall out um and like the teams in the west they would have to like either go undefeated in order to jump up. Everybody's like has to do better one game better than Portland. I believe a lot of the math is really weird. Um, Some of the teams have played more games than some of the other teams. And because of that, their winning percentage is going to be different by 
like a thousandth of a point, even if the seeding games like go 50 50. Um, it, it's going to be absolutely bizarre. There's no reason Phoenix should be involved, you know, like some, <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, yes, I am here for being weird. Like, this is cool. Um, I'm glad they didn't just do it like a one through 16 seed because I sort of felt like that would uh, throw like another spanner in the works and a season that already has too many of those. But I don't think that you need 22 teams. You could have just done 20. Um, you could have come up with better ways to actually figure this out. And, and there was a whole bunch of ideas. Like I know Kevin O'Connor on the ringer wrote a, basically <laughs> about like a giant play in tournament uh, in order right. to figure out who is the playoff seedings, which I mean, and, and he made this case and it's just like in a year that's as weird as, as this, like that seems, especially since Adam silver has been long trying to figure out like some sort of fun tournament to have in the middle of the year and like a way to make mm-hmm. that have players be invested in that and have fans be invested in that and some sort of like mid-season tournament that's not obviously for uh you know a championship but for something else if uh that like having this is using this as like a weird play-in structure to see whether or not people would buy into that seemed like a great opportunity it, they're not doing that exactly but um uh, I like I understand obviously there's health risks and they're and they've taken you know the whole point of having this in Disney World is that they have arenas there they have so many hotels like the point is is that hopefully they can just build this like NBA dome in Disney World and no one goes in and out and you're there for 3 months and since you're not having contact with anyone other than NBA players and NBA family who've been tested that you're hoping that no one then gets sick uh, or the covid doesn't spread if it does get in there then it's going to spread like wildfire which is also not great um but selfishly like I'm really excited for there to be basketball again <laughs> Oh, sure. And the sentimental basketball part of my brain that's, you know, getting geared back up is like, yeah, but I, I want to see Braun win. I want to see, you know, Giannis go to the finals and I want to see Toronto defend their title. And there's all this stuff that I want to see. Um, I want to see Philly in the playoffs and see if they can, you know, make their work, their weird magic work. Um, but we should understand two things. Some of these rosters are already different. Like LaMarcus Aldridge is not going to be yep. playing. He had surgery. Boyan Bogdanovich on Utah is not going to be playing. He had surgery. So the rosters are already different from the regular season teams that we saw several months ago. The second point is that it's almost a certainty that someone is going to get sick. Um, and what happened? who gets sick is going to really determine how we feel about this entire experiment. Like let's, I mean, God forbid, what if Giannis gets sick? Mm-hmm. You know, like, is anyone really going to take this, the Eastern conference playoff seriously? There's going to be an, I mean, there's going to be an asterisk around this for the rest of our lives anyway, but um, like, what if LeBron got sick or what if he tested positive And so was quarantined, but he never got sick and then the Lakers don't advance during the games that he's out. You know right. what I'm saying? Like right, there's right, right. so there's, we, we don't know anything about this virus really. And it seems a little bit irresponsible of the NBA to put a bunch of people together when we don't 
know what exactly is going to happen. We think we can keep people safe and hopefully we do. But on the other hand, you have to, if you're doing this, there are people in the NBA in the front offices who are like, okay, well, what's the worst case scenario? Someone dies from coronavirus. That, I mean, that is, that is the worst case. Yes. That, and, and it's Armageddon because that's, uh, you know, you, I'm, I don't want to go so far as to say that you, the NBA put people, you know, like they killed them, but like you put them in a dangerous situation, just like Elon Musk opening up his goddamn factory. People got sick because this, I mean, this is how the virus works. Um, And so no matter what happens, there's always going to be an asterisk around this playoff and around this season. Cause like I said, the rosters aren't the same. Um, and so that's the part of me where I'm just like, you know what, man, just call the whole season off. Like, we'll start again. And this is the world things happen and it's really super shitty. It's not worth someone getting hurt over. And it's certainly not worth someone dying over. Um, and it's not just the players, you know, like the NBA wants to bring in families. There's going to be staff there, totally. uh, there, you know, the broadcasters. So everybody wants sports to come back because everybody loves sports. Uh, but over the next two weeks, we're going to really see if this is actually feasible. Because if things get bad again, then I assume a lot of the players are going to say no thanks. If Especially get- maybe for teams that like, uh, you know, are down a player. Like the Utah right. Jazz, do they have a chance anymore? Right. No. They lost their I- best score I, or their second best score. Also, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if, if people get Rudy sick, and Don Mitch might not be, yeah, might right not be <laughs> playing together. Um, yeah, if people get sick, like they're just going to be like done, like season's over. We're not doing anything. That's the cap in the 2020, like the 2019, 2020 season. There's going to be no champion this year, um, which would be crazy. Uh, but on the, fl- like on the flip side, and this is like, you have to, you, you have to, if you've taken all the precautions that you think you can do, like the amount that, the benefit that the NBA could receive from this is huge. And I personally, as someone whose NFL fandom is on life support and has been transitioning to the NBA and has become more and more of an NBA fan and like feels like that is the league that should take dominance in this country because of the fact that it is of the big four, you know, the most progressive it is, arguably one of the most entertaining if not the most entertaining and it's just and so like the fact that if everything works right for them and they are able to play when there is nothing else to watch and everyone is dying for sports like this could be a huge moment for the nba to solidify itself as like a real threat and challenger to the NFL because I don't think baseball is happening this year. I think the owners have just completely fucked that situation to the point where there's no (laughs) way, (laughs) no way the players are ever going to like settle with anything like, and and they shouldn't because the owners have completely just fucked that up. Like that's all on them. So if you want someone to blame, don't blame the millionaire players, blame the billionaire owners who just don't want to pay for anything. Um, So I don't think baseball is happening this year, which means like this is the chance for the NBA to make ground in what is the sport of America. And I know that that's like a very cap, like 
it feels weird to encourage that amidst a pandemic and admits like all these health risks that, that these players are getting into. But if you give them the, if you trust the NBA to have taken everything, every possible precaution that they can, and the players have agreed to this and that this is going to truly, they're going truly to do everything they can to keep these players healthy. And if someone gets sick, then that's just fluke. Then this is like a huge moment for the NBA to like, to claim a spot and hold on to it forever. Yeah. And it's, and perhaps because of that opportunity, I think that's what the front office, that's the best case scenario everyone's hoping right. for. Like this is our chance and we're going to be safe and, you know, we're going to do the best we can. And if it seems that it's going to spiral out of control and uh, you know, we're really putting people at risk then we'll just shut it down to me. Like we can always right. just stop and be like, yep, didn't work. Sorry. We tried. Um, if things do work, then you could also take this opportunity, the NBA and its corporate partners, to maybe send a big hefty chunk of change to some programs that could use some funding. And so you could make this not just about, um, you know, like the season, but about the year in w- and the context in which this season took place. Um, several years ago, you know, a bunch of the players wore I Can't Breathe t-shirts and mm. The NBA, I think, is on the ascendant because it seems like it's the least exploitative of the leagues. Like, the NFL is obviously ridiculous. And, uh, I mean, the Houston owner said he didn't want the inmates in charge of the asylum a couple years ago. Goodell didn't mention Kaepernick's name in his speech. Like, it's completely ridiculous. I mean, like, Um, props to Goodell for, like, the player. Shout out to the NFL players for forcing Goodell to say something. Absolutely. That video was great. But then also, and like Goodell, I will give you the tiniest bits of props for having the stone, like to doing the right thing, the minimum, the bare minimum. But also, if you're going, you, it's so, it blows my mind that in this moment, we, about this movement, the NFL in their statement of like, we are sorry, we should have listened to our players earlier, that you do not mention Colin Kaepernick's name anywhere. First of all, wear a fucking suit when you're going to make <laughs> an announcement like this. Treat it with respect, Be a especially since professional dude, you know, like Matt Patricia was really upset. You know, he scolded some reporters because they were slouching or, you know, not standing at attention. Like, ugh. also <laughs> like Goodell and the rest of them knew they were wrong. They blackballed Colin Kaepernick on purpose. Like, oh, yeah, they're the best. Thing the NFL could do, not just for their image, but for their pocketbooks, is to sign Cap right fucking now. Every single game he would play would be national viewing. And they're not doing that because they're petty little bees. And, you know, like Cap stood up to them by kneeling, and that's they're holding a grudge. Like you know, people of color don't get to do that to rich white people. Um, and the MLB is. I mean, the the NFL also has, like, non-guaranteed contracts, which is ridiculous. MLB is notorious with poor treatment of minor league players and with service time manipulation and, you know, with extorting money out of municipalities, even though all the leagues used to do that. It's slowing down now. MLB is also more international than the other leagues. Maybe not hockey, but, you know, people are from all over the place. So Mm -hmm. it might be a little bit tougher to actually assemble the rosters. Uh, and then just the practicalities, NFL is hundreds of people and MLB has 25 or well, I guess 26 players 
per team now. And the NBA is just smaller teams, guaranteed contracts. Um, you see everybody's faces. They have historically been a very progressive and, um, you know, inspiring league. I mean, Jesus Christ, Bill Russell, you know, like Kareem, yeah, like get out of here. Um, and so I think people feel good about the NBA in, and feel connected to it in ways that they don't to the other sports, even though I'm like, I don't want to talk about the aesthetics of each sport, um, you know, be your fan and do your, you know, be you, but uh, the NBA feels more like it is connected to the now than the other leagues do. Totally. No, I, I a hundred percent agree with all of that. Um, let's talk, uh, we're going to take a quick ad break, but, but when we come back, we're going to, let's talk a little bit of kind of looking towards this, this hopefully playoffs. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So let's, let's talk real look. quick about who's not going to be in this whole Perfect. rigmarole. These are the eight teams that are not going to be playing basketball. I think they might have tried to plan some, like, you know, loser bracket or something like that, but none of these guys are going to want to play. So anyway, in the West, the Timbercats, alas, they are out of it. And the Golden State Warriors are out of it. And that's it. Everybody else in the fucking Western Conference is the Western Conference. In. in case you needed like further proof that the West is just better than the East. Unreal. I mean, Phoenix there shouldn't be there, but like whatever. Uh, in the don't East, deprive me. Don't deprive me of some Devin Booker heat check games, dude. That's the other thing is that like the young teams maybe have an advantage. Right? This is why yeah. the Pelicans. This is. I mean, if it wasn't right. the Grizz- Grizzlies in that in that eighth spot, because the Grizzlies are also young, but God, oh, I. Yeah. I really want. I mean, we've ta- we spent many times on this show talking Pelicans, but God, I want that team to to just like catch fire coming out of the gate and and make it into the playoffs some way somehow, dude. And maybe and maybe maybe the Jazz just fucking lose every game. The the thing is, like everybody's had months and months off, right? So some people are going to be rusty, but then other people are going to be healthy and primed. And one of those people might be James Harden who has notoriously faded in the playoffs every single year because he's so tired, because of the load he has to bear. If you have a healthy, primed James Harden, totally refreshed, along with Russell Westbrook and Bob Covington, I mean, that could, like a fully on fire Harden in the playoffs, it seems like it's a terribly dangerous force of nature to me. Um, especially since Utah, I don't consider Utah like a real competitor anymore. Um, yeah. Losing boy, that scoring 
is just a death knell. Uh, but the other teams that aren't in it yeah, anyway the are uh, the Cavs, the Hawks, haha, the Pistons, ugh, the Knicks, the Bulls, and the Hornets. So, yeah, I mean, like, I like Charlotte. It would be nice to have them in it, too. Um, oh, don't be nice. Don't be nice. Okay, fine. <laughs> But I, I, you know, they're, they're, I, I like all of the young dudes on a bunch of these teams. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the fact that the Nets are in it when they fired their, or I'm sorry, they consciously uncoupled from their coach, <laughs> like right before this happened. And uh, who the hell, like, it might behoove the Nets to tank. It might well, be there better was for also, them. There was like that hot second where everyone, like the Nets were flirting with the possibility that KD was going to return in time. And like yeah. that was going around for a hot second. Like, oh my God, what if this delay has then allowed the Nets to have KD return and now you're going to get the full power Nets coming into this playoffs? But that doesn't seem to be happening. I think that KD's contract, he gets a million dollars as a bonus if the Nets make the playoffs, whether he plays or not, oh. which is just incredible. Well done. <laughs> well done, Kevin. Well done. Good contract discussions there, my yeah. friend. And like Kyrie is going to, I mean, I love the Nets. I love, I want to see what Professor Dinwiddie can do. Um, And if everybody's healthy on that team, then, you know, it'll be fun to watch these teams, obviously. Like, yo, Victor Oladipo is hopefully totally healthy for Indiana and Malcolm Brogdon. Um, You know, everybody hopefully is healthy on the Clippers. Uh, Dallas, Luca's hopefully gotten over his sprains. Um, It is... There, there's. You could see how awesome this could be if we weren't in the present situation that we all find ourselves in. Right. Um, so, like the teams that aren't playing, they're in a weird situation because they're still on hold, and like the lot, the draft isn't going to happen until October, and who knows what's going to happen with like free agency and. It, I, I mean, can you? are they even in touch with their players? Like why would someone from the Pistons front office be calling someone on the Pistons right now? Be like, yeah. you know, like, Hey Derek, are you practicing every day? And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you got it. Um, and some of this, I mean, like the Spurs, obviously it would be cool if the Spurs could keep their playoff streak going, but LMA is gone and the Spurs not gone like, but he's out and right the Spurs it, seem dead in the water it would take a miracle like for some of these teams to jump over uh Portland like it, it would be right. really 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 difficult for any of these other teams but Portland to get in and it would be it would be difficult for Portland to make it too right. um I think the Pelicans have to actually go undefeated in order to even have a chance uh and there's you know, there, there's so many good reasons why you wouldn't want to put a bunch of these players at risk, but then, you know, you want to be able to honor the players that were playing, you know, like LeBron obviously wants to try to get his, try to get a ring. Cause this totally. might be the best chance he ever has. And I want to see that. Like, you know, well, I want to see what Denver so does much, in the playoffs. Right. And you have so much with, I mean, for the Lakers, you have so much with Kobe's passing and like, you know, there's there's so much sentimentality totally. that's going on this season where Jesus I can Christ, understand that was only January, oh my God. right? And like, but I, yeah, you can totally understand why LeBron and the whole Lakers team would just be like, 
we I like pushing for a season to continue because of the fact that like there is there's so much weight has been on this season. The the consequences of not having a season are also massive. So let's like for Toronto, if we didn't if we just called the season and said it was done, it would mean that Toronto, who's you know one of the four best teams in the NBA, wouldn't be able to defend their title you know, right. Properly. It would mean Philadelphia 76ers. Maybe Brett Brown gets fired. Maybe they break up the team. Uh, it would mean like for the Lakers, you know, was this LeBron and AD? Like who, who knows what the hell they would do? It's, and who knows like what the money looks like going Mm -hmm. forward. And we don't want to be craven about that, but like, that's going to matter. Um, you know, the OKC Thunder, I want to see Chris Paul and that three-guard lineup wreaking havoc throughout the playoffs because we might never get to see that team as it's presently constructed ever again. Um, I want to see, you know, what Houston can do if everybody's rested uh, and hasn't been run into the ground, and it's probably, you know, their coaches last go around there. Um I want to see Carmelo in the playoffs. Hell yeah, we do. Like, I literally have in my notes, like, could this be Carmelo's time? Oh my <laughs> god! Oh my god! That would that would just destroy the. If everyone stays healthy throughout the NBA whole yeah. end of season, and Carmelo Anthony just fucking catches fire and carries Portland into the playoffs and like deep into the playoffs, I just I feel like the internet would burn it especially because like it seems like maybe they tweaked this format so that dame lillard would agree to play right well because they were the Um, one descending vote yeah yeah i mean like why play if there's no point to it and i think that 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 was such a good point that the nba was like well that's true like why you know why should the atlanta hawks have to travel and you know put their families at risk and all the rest of it um also, the Warriors are going to be the Warriors again next year, With and the they might have pick. a top five pick, oh, and they have Maple Jordan. Like, yeah. I had completely you... forgotten that he is on the Warriors, and D'Angelo I Russell, I, like... It's oh, incredible. I had also forgotten that Andre Godala is on the Miami Heat. Oh, my God. The Miami Heat have a for real chance right now, like... If Bam comes back, Bamin, if Jimmy Buckets is all good, if their three-point barrage of crazy dudes is just sinking them all the time, and then you have Iggy there too, like who knows what they could do? Well, so before we go, let's do that. Let's let's talk. Let's do kind of not super specific predictions, but give me in the East, who do you think are going to be the four teams who are going to finish in the top four in the, in the East? Who are going to be the four teams that make it until into the quarters? And this, we're assuming that like optimal health, optimal roster, everything stays all best in scenario. Everyone is right. Exactly. Exactly. Who do you think is going to be uh, having a serious chance to play for a title? Okay. So the top six in the East right now in uh, descending order are the Bucks, the Raps, the Celtics, the Heat, the Pacers, and the Sixers. Right. I think that the Bucks 
Raptors, Heat, and Sixers will make it. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I know. I just, but here's why. It, and okay. it's totally sentiment. Um, well, I mean, Philadelphia has beaten Boston three or four times, I think, this year. But Boston doesn't really have anything to play for, and the other teams do. Like, nothing's going to change in Boston. They're not going to break up the team. They're not going to fire the coach. You know, this isn't like their last time that they can, you know, attempt this. They're arguably going to be the strongest team next year in the East, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do sort of feel like they're they're not playing with house money, and obviously they're going to try as hard as they can. But the Bucks need to succeed to convince Giannis to stay. The Raptors are defending their title and they're better than the Celtics anyway. Uh, The Heat look like they're just fully loaded. And I'm hoping that the Sixers, because they're so weird and because I want Simmons and Embiid to be able to stay together. um, And if they don't, I mean, if they go out in the first round, that team, like there's no way Brett Brown will be there. Yeah, yeah, it's so, so, so expensive. Also, did Um, you see the picks of, Ben Simmons taking a bunch of uh, steroids and looking jacked as hell. <laughs> Gee, they, he must have learned that from all the Boston sports. Not that I'm creating controversy or anything. Nothing to see here, Adam Silver. <laughs> uh, that's the thing. Like, I have missed these guys so much. Like, I want Ben Simmons to have an adequate three-point shot so hard. And I want him and Embiid to be able to stay together. And I love Toby. Um but anyway, those are my five. So I think Boston, just because they have that like 1% less motivation, I think they're the one that fall out. How about you? Sure. I mean, I, the Bucks and Raptors seem like locks to me. Uh, and I just don't see those guys falling out. I'm obviously going to say the Celtics make it into a, sure. a final four situation. I agree with you that the heat, like the heats feel like a natural pick. Um, but if I'm going to kind of be spicy, I think ultimately, yeah, it's those four teams, Bucks, Raptors, Celtics. If I'm going to be spicy, I can see a world where Victor Oladipo comes back. This time off has been great for him. He was starting to cook as the season before the season yeah. basically got shut down. He had his down. best game right before it got shut down. Right. Yeah. I mean, if Victor Oladipo comes back fully healthy and is ready to just go, there is yeah. a chance that this Pacers team is just really hard to stop and, and could make some serious noise and headway uh, and, and knock out someone like Miami. But I think those, those top four guys seem to be pretty set in stone in my book. All right. How about uh, you go first in the West? So the West, the West, I feel like Lakers and Clippers, you have to sign on yeah. the dotted line. Like those guys are, those, those guys are in, uh, there's just there's too much too much talent and too much veteran talent there for them not mm-hmm. to you know like there's no way LeBron and AD are going to come out rusty there's no way Kawhi yeah. and PG thirteen are going to come out rusty so that those guys are in the Nuggets I find the Nuggets are really interesting to me and and it's because of the fact that it all hangs on Jokic mm-hmm. and we saw Jokic start this season slow and, <laughs> and the question is chunky. Exactly. Did did we get chunky Jokic back or has Jokic been staying in NBA shape this entire break? I have no idea. He has not been blessing us with workout uh, videos and montages, which is kind of, you know, insulting. I feel like, come on. let's. let's I think Jamal Murray joked that uh, that Joker had a four pack now. I think. Perfect. I, like, I Perfect. think that he's been like, I'm so Nuggets bored. I'm just winning the work championship out. then, baby. Let's go. <laughs> so Dude, they're, like, they're the Joker's having like Oscar Robertson kind of numbers. Like it's absolutely nuts. 
Yeah. He, so, he like, carried that team from January or from really December on. Exactly. And so like, if he, if he again comes out slow, that's going to sink the, the nuggets. And, and so okay. you're hoping that he yeah. doesn't. Uh, and so, and then we've talked about the jazz, how losing Bogdan Bogdanovich, like that's, you're not going to be able to replace that on the fly. And I hadn't initially thought about it, but your Houston Rockets plug about James Harden coming in fully refreshed and also Russell Westbrook coming in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Breathing fire, breathing fire and, and, and having a good time. Both of those guys get a ton of miles on their body. And then Mm -hmm. we've seen it when they hit playoffs, they just, they don't have anything left in the tank. Arrested Westbrook and arrested Harden is going to be, dangerous like that's going to be scary so i feel like they can push can make it into that top four and then and then really for me it comes down to nuggets or thunder is Mm -hmm. is kind of my guys for who's going to be pushing into the quarters and in that instance i would break nuggets uh but again the thunder have both the young talent but also have just fucking tenacious cp3 who's going to you know break his leg in order to to I, I feel like he is going to be someone who's not going to take anything lightly or, or you know, half-ass. Um, yeah. But so that's... I that, think he's I, been the best clutch shooter of the whole season, I think, or like maybe really? the last three months. Yeah, he's just like, he's like just no like other that. team has, you know, come back from a deficit in the fourth quarter more than the Thunder. Good God, CP3. What a great, cool... So if, I were, if, if you were to be like, Pete, you, you know, yeah, putting a thousand dollars on your on your top four guys coming out of the West. Who are they? I think I would go Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Rockets. What about you? Lakers and Clippers totally agree. Um, I since we're hoping for the optimal for the teams, I think yep. that means that we have to put Denver in there. Like if we get sure. Chunky Joker, then that's not going to be optimal. <laughs> um, the difference, obviously, I want the Trailblazers in there. Go Mellow. And go Dame mm. and go fair, CJ. Fair, fair. They're but trying Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> trying. Uh, the thing about the Rockets, even though I am excited to see them rested, is that they were absolute butthole on <laughs> the boards. <laughs> like they were just the worst rebounding team in the NBA. And traditionally, what, rebounding is matters it, in the is playoffs. An elite rebounder? I know. God, poor Pete. Jesus. He's probably like, my body's still bruised. <laughs> I could Tucker's use another like, month. I have not recovered. Could we please have like another yeah. three months so that I can yeah. get ready for Anthony Davis uh, <laughs> and Jokic and Dude, uh, that's Steve the Adams. other, like this NBA season had the six, seven or less team, you know, where they, where D'Antoni was just like, man, fuck this. I'm not playing a center. They got rid of Clint Capella. Rocco's there. Pete, like the whole thing what an incredible scene that was and it's and hopefully and it feels we'll like get years to see ago. some more of it yeah forever there was so much that happened in this nba season and i like i can't fucking believe that i forgot that iguodala was like <laughs> on the heat <laughs> that all these trades happened but anyway so houston not being able to rebound i think is a uh gigantic red flag for that team and that means that they'll need to be hitting their shots all the time in order to advance. But I do still feel like they're a top four team in the West. Like despite that issue, they're still incredibly dangerous. And I think they're more dangerous than the Thunder. So uh, I'm going with both LA teams, the Nuggets and the Rockets too. Yeah. 
Yep. I feel like that's kind of going to be, to be it. Uh, before we go, give me your, your finals. If you were, if everything is staying easy, do you think it's still going to be Bucks Lakers? Um, do I still think I, yeah. If everything goes according to plan in terms of, you know, everyone's healthy and the rosters are fine. I would be surprised if the Bucks did not come out of the East. If they don't come out of the East, I think it means that Philadelphia beat them. Or um, the Celtics. Yeah, either one. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, for Oh, Jesus Christ, Justice Winslow, by the way, is on Memphis. I completely fucking forgot about that. That team is Ja Morant, 3J, Brandon Clark, Point Justice, Jonas Valanciunas. Oh, I love that this, team. This 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 uh this podcast really it. should have just been me reading MB the NBA transaction log and Natty just flipping his shit yeah. about everything that's happened, <laughs> dude. Because Justice is going to be healthy and like you throw him out there. Oh wow, that those the Memphis games are going to be fun. Um, I I think that a healthy like a fully recovered Paul George from both of his mm-hmm. uh, shoulder surgeries makes the Clippers incredibly dangerous. So I think that if everyone's healthy on the Clippers, I think they'll beat the Lakers. Yeah. That's, I guess I was, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking actually maybe a reef, a better rephrasing is which would be more surprising the bucks or the Lakers not making the finals. And I think the bucks not making the finals would be more surprising. I, I still feel like the Lakers are the sentimental favorite for the entire totally. world. Like everybody yeah. wants to see LeBron win again and everybody wants to see the Lakers and especially LeBron win for Kobe. Um, so they're going to have, you know, the wind behind their backs and it would be great. It would be so, so great if it could be Braun versus Giannis. Not that like Kawhi and the rest of the Clippers aren't cool, but um, they're not as charismatic shall we say <laughs> as like the Shocking. Laker team you know like <laughs> or however Kawhi <laughs>, laughs but <laughs> um I mean the Clippers are a fun team and god bless Doc Rivers but I think everybody wants to see Lakers bucks yeah uh conspiracies Pete for a hot sack yeah that uh in this asterisk season that that it's an unspoken rule to let the Lakers win this year. So this is going to be an asterisk finals anyway. And for sentimental storybook reasons, LeBron winning with the Lakers on the, in the same year that Kobe passed, that that's going to be too, too good for the NBA to pass on. So in a year where the championship isn't really going to matter to anyone outside of LA, I feel like there's a, they're going to let the Lakers win. So you think that the front office, like it won't come from silver. He'll have middlemen, 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 but they'll tell the refs be like, listen, if someone even fucking looks at LeBron the wrong way, they get get teed up. (laughs) I also think the players, I think the players are going to be in on it too. Conspiracy. This is, this is, this is like a deep, deep conspiracy, deep state shit. Sure. I think the players are also just going to be like, like is Giannis going to win his first championship this year? No. But see, then I'd answer back and be like, yo, what was the one thing that the whole world watched while we were on shutdown? And it's the MJ doc. And every single player in the NBA, you know, is watching that documentary and being like, oh, yeah, that's right. All that matters is winning. So everyone's going to try to be like MJ and try to elevate their game to the moment 
Um, and the thing about like, if they're the only show in town, I don't think anyone's going to give less than 157% because you're, everyone's going to be watching. Conspiracy Pete is like pretty high on drugs and, and drunk. And so he, he, the things that come out of his mouth should not be taken seriously. Conspiracies are flying around everywhere. And the NBA, I mean, this is frozen envelope territory. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but that's even the very idea that we would like consider, even though, you know, it's funny, but it's like, Oh, what if the front office actually did try to manipulate things so that one player on one team could get the outcome that they desired? Like that's a fucking crazy thing to even think. Because I mean, I just I need I need that 30 for 30 on the frozen envelope. Let's get that one, ESPN. While we're oh, let's be sure like the front office has absolutely helped teams before. Yeah. I mean, let's uh how many let's, number let's one picks can Cleveland great. get? Yeah, come on. Uh yeah. but on the other hand, it's uh it's really hard to, to tell like other players, Hey, can you just take a bullet this one time? <laughs> cause you know, cause it's a brawn. They're like, yeah, but he already has rings and like, I want to get paid and blah, blah, blah. Um, so that, that's the other thing that's interesting about this is that no one knows what to expect. No one, From I mean, I think cap. like who, the fu- no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And, yeah. uh, the, the, the weird thing about putting a bunch of players and refs and staff in like one area and then they don't travel around is everybody's going to be there all the time. So if things go a little chippy, they're not going <laughs> to calm down. And if That's things go like a little loony, then like maybe we sort of have a fun and loose kind of playoffs or everyone's having fun and they're just happy to be there and everyone's safe. And they know the players know that like they're sort of doing this for the people at home. And they try to take advantage of the moment by trying to get some funds to people that really need it. Um, and so I, I don't, I still don't think that this is going to happen, but I do hope that it does, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, one thing I can say for certain is that the NBA will be coming back for at least some period of time. And with it, we <laughs> are now back. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Search for Fake Teams. We are under the Fake Teams podcast channel. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter at The Long Two Podcast. Until next week, Natty, have a good one. Yo, stay safe, buddy. Stay safe, everybody. And God bless the marchers. Stay safe, everyone. You stay as well. Uh, Talk to you next week. Bye.